Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay, I can still hear myself. Um, if anybody's listening, I'm going to echo for a few moments at the beginning of this, but it will go away. Um, I took off my phone case, so maybe that'll help, but um, I think I'm already done echoing, so that's nice, at least. Hey. Um, so, um, today we're talking about stupid family. I'm just kidding. Um, toxic family, specifically. Uh, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we come from a very crazy family. Our family um, has a lot going on, and it's massive. Yeah, all the time. Big family. Now, I always, like, I'll talk to people, and they'll be like, oh, my God, my family's so crazy. And I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just mean that, like, they have a cousin that says dirty jokes or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, um, my family member is, never mind. Um, And, (laughs) you know, it's going to be hard, too, to kind of talk about this without spilling all the beans, you know? Because Mm -hmm. we have some pretty crazy, I feel like, um, stories. A lot of, like, pain in our family yeah both like pain that's happened in more recent years or like with people that are currently alive or just pain that's been passed on which I'm sure a lot of Mm. people can relate to whether they even realize it or not yeah do you believe in generational curses that's what I want to (laughs) know generational curses I've never really thought about it before I believe in generational trauma Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting subject, actually. Yeah, I mean, well, for sure. I think we know that one very well, too. <laughs> um, but I, with generation, like, I've thought about it and being like, damn, like, our family must be cursed or something. But <laughs> there needs to be some sort of explanation. No, yeah, but I think a lot of it is really that everybody's just so used to being shitty that they just mm-hmm. continue to be shitty. You know what I mean? And like myself included, I'm not just, you know, here to talk shit about my family. Um, it's hard to break out of what you're raised in as your like personal normal. Even oh, if yeah. like you grow up and you realize, hey, like this isn't normal. I don't think this is the way it should be. Like I don't like this. Mm-hmm. It's still hard to actually break away from all of it, especially if you do still care about a lot of your family. Totally. Yeah. My, I mean, I talked to my grandma a lot about it too, just cause she's like the oldest one and mm-hmm. she has been around the block, you know? And she always just tells me to like learn to love and let go. Just like, you know, I, cause she always said, I think I've told you this before too, like the root of being afraid of letting go of people especially family is you're afraid that they're gonna end up dying especially when you deal with people who struggle with addiction Mm -hmm. um which is a very common thing for a lot of people and I know for me it has been um and you too um and the root cause of it is that you're afraid that they're gonna end up dying Mm -hmm. um especially with addiction but she always said, you know, you have to get to that point where you know, like, 
okay, no matter what happens, you know that I love you and I care for you, but you are no longer serving a good purpose in my life, you know? Yeah. And it's not even to be like, um, what we even say, like selfish, you know, Mm -hmm. but truly it's like, if somebody's negatively affecting your life, kick their ass out. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's hard to do that. Especially because there's such a big thing with like, oh, but they're your family. Like a family needs to stick together. I'm completely someone who is a big family person. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think family can be so much more than blood. There are so many people I've met who are chosen family really and it feels like it's meant to be in a way because Mm. it is just as important and special to me yeah I know I totally agree I I heard that so many times in my life oh but they're your family oh but they're this oh you know they'll get it together Mm -hmm. but it's like after at what point is it okay I need to you know for myself take a step a step back yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that whole argument is totally full of shit um I like most people more that aren't my family more than I like most of my family um to be like totally honest you know um but I also at the same time I think because of like my spiritual beliefs I think that we choose who our family is going to be but I Mm -hmm. don't think that it's like you know, you want to be with these people forever. I think it's because there's lessons that you need to learn in this lifetime. So you already go into it kind of knowing that. Yeah. Um, But I mean, Jesus Christ, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Like, oh, you know, that's your whatever, you know, it's It's your family. Very black and white thinking. Oh, yeah. Like, family issues are so much more complex than, I don't know. They're just so complex. They're their own breed of issues. No, and I I think that, honestly, all that type of thinking does is make the abuser think it's okay because we're family and they're never going to set that boundary with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not even helping anybody except the abuser. Yeah. So, but, so I guess kind of going into it, <laughs> um, well, first I, I did want to know like what you've been up to. I know it's like really weird to start the podcast and then kind of cut in the middle, but I, I did want to do a little catch up because I, I don't want to, I think that for both of us, this, and a lot of people, this subject is kind of a lot you know it comes from I think most of if people you know talk about their trauma it usually stems from family you know and like their upbringing that sort of thing so just because it's going to be a heavier subject matter I want to know what you've been up to (laughs) shit I feel like I've been so busy and not at the same time Mm. I've been doing you know my like certified nurse assistant program and clinicals which has been super interesting um going into a facility and actually meeting people in long-term care as well as um the rehab center of the facility I'm in Mm. it's 
really hard honestly to do because it's a tiring job and it's just sad and like a lot of stuff I see there every day is very bittersweet Mm -hmm. like a lot of the staff are really caring and want to help these people but there's only like two or three CNAs and one nurse for an entire hallway of I think it's like 10 rooms with up to four beds in a room like that's a lot of people that is a lot of people um but it's nice to be doing clinicals there because since there's so many students giving extra help we can give extra attention and more like one-on-one attention with residents who need it um but it's sad to like go in and be like shit like we're all gonna leave and they're gonna be back to not having as much help and that's just kind of the way it has to be but it's been really cool and exciting and nice to be learning more about being a nurse assistant and see what the nurses do as well because have you seen anybody die yet I'm sorry. That... <laughs> there were a couple residents who were on hospice when I first got there. One went home. So mm. I don't know what her deal is. Um, and I don't the know other... what her deal is. <laughs> <laughs> the other passed away while it was like the weekend. So we weren't there. But I don't think anyone else has had any experience like that. Um. Although I have heard that, like, usually during clinicals, there's, like, one resident that passes away. And the students will, like, help with post-mortem care or Mm. something like that. Well, that's horrifying. Um, (laughs) So, well, I was just thinking, because I remember, because my mom was a CNA, and she always said that the hardest part was when the residents passed away. And so I was just thinking that it's probably horrifying to deal with. It's really sad to see how many people don't get visits from their family or like anyone. Um, And it's also sad to see the people who do get or do get visits from family and that family really cares about them, but they just can't care for their loved one and had to put them in a long-term facility it, yeah. it's like heartbreaking and I went home to my parents and I was like you guys need to plan on one of us kids trying to help you guys out because yeah. I don't want to see you go to a long-term place that's super sad yeah I mean I remember even when Aunt Bonnie was in the rehab in um that one town mm-hmm. <laughs> over I mean I guess it might as well I know we're in Petaluma um, I used to go see her every day after school. I would take taxis like from my middle school mm. and um, she had this little lady in her room. They shared a room together and nobody ever came to see her. And so I would sit there and I would hang out with both of them and I would just be like, that mm. was so damn sad. Was it you know? that like really old lady who is still fairly active? Yes. I remember her. Do you remember her? Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot her name, but I would. I wish I could go find her or something. I mm. want to say it was like Alice or something like that. Mm. Um, but she was so sweet and so f- damn funny. Um, 
But it, it's really hard. I mean, I swear to God, if you put me in a fucking um, nursing home, because Lord knows I'm not going to have a husband or kids. So <laughs> one of y'all better take care of me because I'm not going in there. Um, I'll, I think I'll abuse too many of the nurses. So I feel like I, you would be the one to like get kind of aggressive as you get older. Mm-hmm. Just I like know. less <laughs> like you don't have the time to kill with staff being annoying exactly that's what i'm saying um what have you been up to well hmm, funny that you asked (laughs) um well i went to mexico i went to cabo um for a week that was fun it's very different down there um i bet yeah it, it was honestly well what was the most shocking to me was that like everybody was like oh like um, you know, for somebody like me, you know, with PTSD, um, I'm very much concerned about safety, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was my biggest concern, like going into it, like, you know, we're, we're going to Mexico, blah, blah, blah. Um, my dad's from Mexico. And so my stories that I've heard of Mexico haven't been great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just my biggest concern. But everybody was like, oh, you know, Cabo's way safer. Um, it's going to be totally fine. We were like in a tourist destination. Um, it's no big deal. But that's not how it was at all. Like, it was very, like, not safe, um, even in the town, like, uh, in the tourist destinations. Like, mm. I got lost um, and, like, away from the group for, like, literally five minutes and um, I told like the guy, like, I was like, I lost my friends. Like, have you seen them? And he was like, no, but you can come with me. And they started following me, um, Jesus. around like the little, like, I don't know what you'd call it, like a market, but it was just a bunch of vendors, mm-hmm. um, trying to sell stuff to tourists. And he was like, and the most famous thing I heard was, do you want a Mexican boyfriend? Like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times somebody asked me if I wanted a Mexican boyfriend, but, um, well, do you? And, and at the same time, like, <laughs> the poverty. No, I told one guy, I was like, I am a Mexican boyfriend. And he was like, <laughs> like, dead silent. I was like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Now leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but I, the biggest thing to me is, like, I traveled with, I think, mostly white people. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, I could just feel that it was different just because, like, I, every time I saw somebody, like, selling something or just, like, on the street, like, I could see my dad's face in every single one of them. Mm. And so it was just, like, and it made me sad, you know, like, just, like, all these people who are, and it's so hot there, too. Like, they're just, like, working their asses off. And it's literally hot, humid. Um, there's hella people everywhere having to wear masks, you know, and it was just like really sad, like to see, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and it like not to make it about immigration, but like, I'm going to make it about fucking immigration because (laughs) it's insane to me that we are denying people just the opportunity to like make a better life for themselves Mm -hmm. and I guarantee like a lot of the people who hate on Mexicans for coming to the U.S. have never been to Mexico and they've never you know 
even felt like the sympathy you know for them yeah Um, they've never seen what it's like over there and Cabo is one of the best places to go to in terms of safety and you know poverty that sort of thing yeah at the very very least I feel like people would I mean I was about to say I feel like people would be more sympathetic and empathetic but Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't the best at that so I don't know I hope that more people would be yeah it was just yeah it was sad but it was overall though it was a good trip um we had a lot of fun I think I was drunk for like a week Um, (laughs) every time you texted me that week you were like I'm so sorry I'm drunk Beth is here (laughs) (laughs) Beth was out on the prowl yeah um (laughs) So, yeah, it was good. And then, you know, obviously I got back and I had to take Diane to the hospital, which was not nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cried all day, as you know. Um, if anybody's listening to this, I just want you to know that I called Carolyn and I was literally scream crying on the phone in my car. Like, and I felt bad, too, because I was like, damn, like, Carolyn's probably never seen me like that. And I, I have, like, like, once before. Oh, well, then that's good, at least. Yeah, and even then, like, that's my state, like, a lot of the time. So it's just like, oh, this is fine. (laughs) That kind of makes me think of, like, the whole family topic again. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like, you calling me having a really, really hard time. Mm -hmm. Like, I completely cared about it, but I wasn't um, overwhelmed by it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I was like, okay, like, we're just gonna deal with this like this Mm. is part of life and it kind of makes me think about how people will think I'm like kind of shocked by them telling a shocking story about their family and then Mm. I'm like oh no I'm just not reacting because same because (laughs) it's the norm this is the norm well I can't even like even like just I mean, going back to even, like, early childhood and stuff, and as I got older, you know, I can't tell you how many times I woke up and somebody I loved was in jail, or, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody I loved got in a huge amount of trouble, or somebody I loved died. It's just so common for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's crazy because I'll tell people a story. I'll be like, oh yeah, this happened or this happened. And people Mm -hmm. literally are like, what the fuck? Like, how do you even talk about that? You know, like I'll give you an example. When I was in Mexico, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I can talk about this because um, I'm not specifying who um, or anything, but I went to Mexico and I was at the mango deck um, in Cabo um enjoying myself yeah (laughs) what is that it's like this deck where they do like competitions and stuff it's right on the beach um and it's like a tourist destination and it's just like it's like a restaurant um Mm -hmm. but it's really cute um and so I'm sitting there with my friends you know doing whatever and my mom calls me. First of all, I want to do a little intuition check because I specifically told my mom the day before I left. I said, Mom, I know somebody's going to die while I'm in Cabo. 
And mm-hmm. I want you to promise me that you're not going to keep it from me while I'm gone. You need to call me like right when it happens. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I promise, whatever. My family doesn't even question me now. Like when I say that somebody's going to die because they know that I'm always right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and my mom texts me and she's like, are you busy? And I, so I just knew immediately, right? Because every time something major happens, which is like at least once a month, it's the, are you busy? It's not like, oh God, I need to call right now. It's like, okay, like. Yeah, something really big has happened, mm-hmm. but you know, are you ready? No, because normally she just calls me. You know, she doesn't give a fuck if I'm busy or not. And so I call her, right? Um, and she's like, "Oh, so and so, um, two of your family members are dead, um, got shot, blah blah blah." And I was like, you know, instantly like, well, "That's not nice." And so I just asked and she just gave me as much information as she could at the time. And then I just went back and, um, all the people I were with were like, Oh, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, you know, two of my family members just got shot and killed, but like, you know, what can you do? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, do you know them? And I was like, yeah, I do know them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like, obviously, you know, like, but what, and they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, oh, my God. And I was just like so – and I was so shocked that, like, that was their reaction because the people that I was with, I don't – like, I went on a trip for my best friend's birthday, but I went with, like, her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've – like, I would consider them all, like, my friends because, you know, we spent a lot of time together and I got to know them and I really like them. Yeah. Um, but – it like it wasn't the usual people I was telling stuff to, you know. So it was like a stronger reaction because normally, <laughs> like if I told you that, you'd be like, "Oh, like dang, like you know, whatever." But you wouldn't be like freaking out. Yeah. And so like- I was kind of in shock, and then it upset me because then I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, oh my god! Like two of my family, like they're dead. Like, I, and then I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And then so then I had to like excuse myself to the bathroom, and I just went and had a little cry. Yeah. And then I literally looked in the mirror and I, and it was so weird because this is exactly how I was raised. Right. Mm-hmm. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, Jasmine, you need to pull your fucking shit together. Like, this is embarrassing. You need to like get it together. You know, it wasn't even like, whereas anybody else that just finds out two of their family members were shot and killed would be like, you know, all falling all over themselves. Like, and that's yeah. a normal reaction. To have. You know what that sounds like to me? What? Our family been fucked up enough for a long time that that's how everyone has had to cope no literally I know that growing up um this is one of those things where we're so similar um especially in like our values and beliefs and then there's like really big differences in how we were raised mm-hmm. my mom tried really hard to protect me from all the bad shit happening in the family. Yeah. And it was really, it was really hard growing up like that. Like, I wish I could say that it helped me, like, to not hear about that stuff as a kid. But you, like, I could still sense that something was wrong. Yeah. Like, you, like, I would know something is wrong, especially as I got. And then you just feel, like, left in the dark. Yeah, especially as I got to being, like, a teenager. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know this, especially when we became better friends as teenagers. Mm-hmm. 
I would feel really upset not knowing what was going on because it was like fuck like I'm I'm part of this too like (laughs) I know you wish I wasn't but I am like Mm -hmm. I'm part of this family I see these people and these are really major things going on that are going to have kind of widespread effects in parts of the family um you can try to like hide me from it but at a certain point it's it just made me feel like kind of disoriented and confused mm-hmm. yeah and I'm all I'm glad that we became close to because like not to I mean no I'm, I am glad because I feel like I've told you a lot of the tea yeah <laughs> and it's nice to have somebody in my age group in the family right who I'm close to so we it's almost like I feel like when something big happens we can process it together yeah for sure um so I, I really enjoy that you know and it, and it sucks <laughs> obviously but it's nice to have somebody to bring someone down with me <laughs> remember that night in Pete's oh yeah you know when fucking fucking it was that whole thing mm-hmm. we sat there for way too long coming up with shit to say about our family or our yeah, lives literally. just like this awful thing is happening fucking me and like that's the point we're at where it's like joking yeah. about it in a coffee shop is how we have to get through it yeah I feel like it's hard to recognize the gravity of every single situation that comes up in our family because if I do really like let myself feel how awful it is Mm -hmm. I won't be able to try to like do better for myself yeah and protect myself and take care of myself no totally and I feel like too like we're just desensitized to it you know like it's not and I wish I, I totally wish I could go more into detail you know about like what we've seen you know but like think of Mm -hmm. anything if you're listening think of anything horrible that you can imagine in a family you know um addiction um crime um incest I mean you know that goes back you know many many years but and I'm not saying anybody had kids with it I'm talking about abuse um really and, mm-hmm. you know, just to be honest about it, you know, because even I walked into this podcast today thinking, okay, I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm not going to say anything about that. But it's like, we've been conditioned to keep these things a secret, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of the problem. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's like, there's a way to kind of go about it and to cope. But it's like, I feel like our family is really, really our, our our biggest flaw is the secret keeping and the mm-hmm. oh we're just not going to talk about that you know and I think a big part of it for me that's hard to fully understand and cope with is mm-hmm. when secrets are kept out of like trying to protect say like someone trying to protect me from information that they think is like oh like this happened in the past everything that needed to happen about this crime happened um like things are more okay now mm-hmm. it's hard because there are certain things that have happened in the family where I don't want anything to do with those kinds of people but then they're also family and I can't 
cut off certain people and have other people be like why why don't you talk to this person oh yeah because then I would have to be the one to spread information where I don't Mm -hmm. feel comfortable spreading it and Mm -hmm. it's an awful position to be put in oh totally I know I even I I didn't tell you you know (laughs) I that came out from somebody else (laughs) um because I was I knew I wasn't supposed to tell you you know Mm because we were still kids you know, I think now being older, if you still didn't know, I probably would have told you. Um, but it, it's hard because when you're raised to keep something like that a secret, it, how do you kind of break out of that, you know? And I think, you know, in terms of the, you know, not wanting to cause problems with other people, I can say that it is the hardest thing for me about being in a toxic family is trying to play Switzerland with everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty neutral with everyone. I think we can agree. There's not really anybody that I have like a huge issue with. Um, And the only time anybody has ever had a problem with me in the family is when I've tried to play Switzerland and just been like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, like whatever, but I'm not going to choose sides. You know, that's the only time that anybody's ever like had an issue with me. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard to do in a family that operates, you know, off of fear and you know abuse and trauma like that everybody that you know well you know what's wrong so you need to be on my like that sort of thing yeah um and and, everyone has their trauma responses yeah and everyone has their trauma responses that were from their own shit happening in childhood Mm. or things that parents Mm. pass on to their kids like that generational trauma yeah it's such a mess it's such a mess. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a big fat mess. I mean, for me, like when I was younger, it was very much, I I was very reactive. I was a very, like even, um, I, I think I was a, a very reactive and a lot more aggressive and I wanted people to know my opinion. But as I've gotten older, um, you know, I've come to that wonderful realization that we all come to that no matter how much you kind of scream your opinion in somebody's face, there, there there's some people that just won't get it. Yeah. Um, especially with the people in our family who are all so, um, you know, the type of people who will match your energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know that if I'm arguing with somebody in my family, I know that if I'm gonna get louder if I'm gonna get more aggressive I know that they're gonna match my energy you know mm-hmm. um there's no uh we're I mean, I mean you know for some people there's some people who you know like my grandma or the you know they just are so calm and peaceful about everything and really really understand um and but there's a lot of people who are going to react very strongly to what you say. And so I think that that in turn, you know, it, it brings up the trauma response of, okay, you know, you're being aggressive with me. I'm going to be aggressive with yeah, you. And then you can really, it turns into a big shit show. And you can only you know. meet people as far as they've been able to meet themselves and mm-hmm. what they've gone through more specifically. Totally. Um, like I know we've talked about before, our family will like joke about, our issues a lot and Mm -hmm. joke about like damn like if we ever have another like grand family reunion again Mm. like we should hire like a psychologist to come and just do on the spot therapy (laughs) that's what I think I think that would be 
amazing i wonder what life would be like if more people in the family got therapy i know a lot of people are not into therapy Mm. which is hard i know i know i've tried to get everybody on that but yeah and yeah everybody i think our family is so stubborn too that it's like jesus christ (laughs) how do you push somebody it's like it's literally like trying to push like a 40 ton boulder with just like your own strength that you have as a little human it's difficult um that's where the concept of like loving someone from a distance mm -hmm. really comes into play or sort of knowing what conversations like hard conversations are worth having and which hard conversations from past experience you know like you're not going to get anywhere by starting it Mm -hmm. and you kind of just have to recognize like I'm a I'm an adult now I'm not that kid anymore I can control more of where my energy goes and who I talk to and what I talk Mm -hmm. to people about where like how often I see someone I'm more in control of that and you kind of have to take advantage of that when you have a messy family situation Mm -hmm. and it's easier said than done and it's hard to figure out what that balance is of when like you do still care about someone but for whatever reason it's hard to bring up certain topics around them maybe um it's hard to find the balance of like trying and then recognize where you're kind of wasting your energy by trying yeah I think I'm at a point and maybe I'm wrong. I think that, you know, we're all learning and growing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want to act like I'm fucking a wise one because I'm a very, very young person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that I've experienced a lot that most people who are, you know, grown never have to experience. So with that, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Um, with that, though. I feel, and I, um, I mean, I don't want to keep talking about my grandma, but oh my God, she has just changed my view. She's a graceful lady. Yes. How I deal with everything, you know? And I think that I am at a place where I just no longer engage, you know? Like, and don't get me wrong, I have slip-ups. I had a slip-up recently. Um, I had another slip-up just a couple days ago where I was trying to convince an addict to stop using um, for my own sake, you know. Um, And, but for the most part, it's something where, you know, I have a family member who doesn't speak to me anymore because... I told them that I didn't really care, like, you know, like they just kept, you know, freaking out and freaking out. And I was like, I'm not even the person that you're mad at. Why are you telling me to tell them? You know, this is none of my bit. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that family member hasn't spoken to me in months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've reached out to say, hey, I still love you and I still care about you. And, you know, they still don't talk to me. And as much as that is 
hurtful to me because logically I think anybody looking at the situation would know that it makes no sense but I also have to be compassionate of their feelings you know and they I know for a fact that they truly believe that they are doing the right thing and there's nothing I can do about that you Mm -hmm. know I've been in that place and I think that that makes me more understanding because you know we've all been there I've definitely been there, but I'm done being there of that, like, fuck my family, you know, I'm not yeah. dealing with any of them, I have to completely remove myself, you know, that sort of thing. I think that that's mm-hmm. a very normal thing. But then I got to a point where I realized that no matter what, I would always be sucked back in. And there's a way to distance yourself without causing a bunch of chaos that hurts mm-hmm. you more than anyone, you know? Um, and I think I'm there, you know, where I can just, you know, remove myself, but I don't have to turn it into, you know, I'm never, I'm never, I don't fuck with you. I'm never fucking with you again. You know, that sort of thing. Mm Um, where I can just be like, you know, I love you. It is what it is. Um, feel however you want to feel like that's totally fine with me. Um, I'm always here if you need me, that sort of thing, you know? And I, and I don't want to say it in a way where if somebody's like actively abusing you or like, you know, treating you like shit in any way, shape or form, you know cut them the fuck off but if it's kind of the same shit over and over again um it's okay to you know not pick up somebody's phone calls anymore you know and I think that that's what causes a lot of issues and why so many people have a hard time letting go Mm -hmm. is because they think it has to be some big huge in your face thing Mm -hmm. you know for the people in the family that I see that have really kind of removed themselves in that way they're still very much involved my grandma Mm -hmm. for example she is very much removed and I think a lot more than people realize I think people think that she um is more that she cares more like I'm not saying she she cares about everybody individually but like what you do I don't think I think it no longer affects her at this mm-hmm. point, you know, she knows that she can't control anybody else's decisions and she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that part. It's about the being okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I still have a hard time with, but it I'm takes getting a there. lot of time. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard. Um, I'm a, I love talking about the emotion anger. I don't know why. I think because a lot of people think of anger as being like almost like a bad emotion um mm. and i think a big part of that is because no not not a lot of people are taught what to do with anger mm. and i feel like that can lead people to feeling like i need to just like say like fuck you like fuck this and like mm-hmm. i'm getting away from this but i'm also like going to continue being really angry about it mm-hmm. like it's not just being like oh i don't like this I'm going to distance myself. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I try to do with my anger is just look at it as like, this is a signal to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is a signal. I don't like this and I don't want to, I don't want things to continue in this way. So maybe I need to set this boundary or whatever I need to do about it. But being continuously angry can kind of eat you up. Oh, yeah. And it's hard when a lot of people, with the way they were raised, that's how they had to protect themselves, is by Mm -hmm. being angry. Even Um, me. I mean, I'm definitely, 
I know that you can even attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like a lot of things, like when I was doing therapy, what was really helpful for me was learning that these defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms, these parts of me that came from my childhood and don't help me a lot now, like they served their purpose. Mm -hmm. It was all I could do when I was younger to be kind of okay but then now that I'm older I have to look at these responses I have to things like automatic responses that I have Mm -hmm. and decide like is this really what I want to continue doing now that I have more control and more knowledge yeah but it's hard I feel like I'm getting a therapy session right now I Um. love sharing (laughs) like my therapy experiences with other people and hearing other people's therapy experiences. Yes. The same way, like, I love following therapist accounts on Instagram. Yeah. It's not a replacement for therapy, but it helps me a lot to stay in the right, like, mindset Mm -hmm. as I go about my day-to-day life. Yeah. Well, and I... Forgiveness is everything. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I don't even mean to say that in like a, you know, cliche way, but it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to do that shit for yourself and nobody else, mm-hmm. you know, um, even especially, you know, being raised around addicts, it is very, very hard to love an addict. And I can't tell you how many times I've literally begged somebody to stop using or doing whatever they were doing Mm -hmm. you know and just for them to you know make it known that I I'm not gonna you know and Mm -hmm. because of that you know when I was younger I was I had a lot of resentment I still do but not nearly as much um and there has been I think a lot of it is, you know, because of the way that I've been able to forgive a lot of people, you know, and it doesn't mean that I'm happy with what they did or that I'm, you know, and I think a lot of it too even comes from like OCD therapy because Mm -hmm. like one of the biggest things is when you struggle with OCD, you think that if you're accepting of your thoughts that you're um, agreeing with them, you know. Mm -hmm. um like the bad like the intrusive thoughts you know of oh maybe I'm gonna do this or that you know and what it's taught me is that just because you accept something doesn't mean you agree with it you know yeah Um, I even it's just like when somebody dies um just because you accept it and you you're like okay you know if this is happening this has happened doesn't mean Um, you're excited about it it. yeah exactly and it's like it's hard too, like, especially for somebody like me and maybe you, um, I feel like you're a lot more grounded than me, but really, cause sometimes I feel like you're a lot more grounded than me and I'm just, I think we're both more by. grounded when we're not the one in it, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a lot easier for me to look at your situations and be like, okay, you know, and I think yeah. it is for you. Um, but sometimes I, I, we think we both get mad for each other, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's also cause we're so protective over each other. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, I didn't know I could ever be, like, now I'm an assertive person. I'm very different now than I was for the first 18 years of my life. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know I could be an assertive person until I thought someone was fucking with your car. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so fucking fun. That was the most shocking thing that ever happened to me in my life. It shocked me. It's funny, too, because I feel like we're very opposite in that way. You know, it seems like I would be the first person to say how I feel, but I'm really not. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a really hard time with that, actually. And I think that you're really open now. Now. I don't think mm-hmm. you were when you were younger. I, it's like we did a flip-flop. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you noticed know, that? funny. What? Um, my therapist, right. I was talking to her. <laughs> I was talking to my therapist once about how intensive of small child I was like Mm -hmm. I threw tantrums probably for like slightly longer than I should have Mm -hmm. and I was saying like I feel like embarrassed about it even as an adult like I was a child really but I still feel embarrassed about the way I acted and she was like dude I kind of like it and I was like what (laughs) and she was (laughs) like yeah I like it you knew what you believed Mm -hmm. and you were not being listened to and you were fighting to be listened to and eventually I kind of gave up (laughs) but when I was really young like I was a very passionate person and was down to tell my family or my siblings like fuck off okay you know what that brings up though what I saw a post I think maybe it was a tiktok and it said and you might have seen it but it said um, finding yourself or something like that isn't getting rid of the parts that you're embarrassed of. It's getting rid of the part of yourself that's embarrassed. <laughs> isn't that fucking great? Like, doesn't that just like, if you really think about it, because I've al- always said, like, since I was very small, me and my wise mm-hmm. ass, I've always said <laughs> that embarrassment is the worst feeling. It is the worst human feeling. You in know, my like opinion. shame. Mm-hmm. To me, that is, I mean, God. I think that like nobody likes to feel, I would way rather deal with, you know, like death or something and feel heartbreak, heart, heartbreak mm-hmm. um, over embarrassment. Shame. Um, but maybe that just shows how big so my awful. ego is. Um, but, you know, I, I, your ego is not your amigo. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> You know, I'm just, it's, I'm going to steal that. Well, and you know what? <laughs> I, I did a reading and I, I had told somebody, I said, you were run by, um, oh my God. What was Sorry, that? I guess that was my brother. Um, <laughs> but I had said, you are run by ego. It was very clear in the reading, um, kind of how she was walking through life or energy, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, but it comes, you know, or, or I just, I had said that and I was like, but it comes kind of in a, in a different way to you. Um, and I think it's harder for you to recognize, you know, that it's coming from ego. And then obviously during readings, I don't let people talk because I don't want any hints, you know, I don't want to already know what's going on. Um, uh-huh. And at the end she said, everything in the reading was totally accurate, obviously, blah, blah. And she was like, but you said that I was run by ego and I actually feel like I'm a very insecure person. 
And, and it's I was interesting like, okay. because that's not what ego is. Exactly. Like if you if you've taken like a psychology course, like I took the very like you know like psych when it I took that class. Yeah, and I did too. Or I took it. psych but somewhere. I don't remember where, but I did. I'm gonna try to look it up. There's like the different levels of self. Um, no, yeah, but I and that's I, what ego is. It's a level of yourself, and oh isn't ego like the sort of outer layer? Or um, one of them? I have no idea. It's so okay. Funny. I looked it up. Wait, did I find it? I remember learning about it like it was an iceberg, and ego is sort of like towards the top of the iceberg, like the part mm-hmm. that's poking out. But mm-hmm. then there's so much, like, you know, icebergs are huge under the water where you can't see them. And it's like there's so much of your pre-conscious or unconscious self that's harder mm-hmm. to see. And it's yeah. hard to run off of just that very outer layer of yourself being well, the one that you what think I, about. What I told the person, though, is I said people are often mistaken that when people when others are run by ego we think that you know it's just some egotistical person yeah but that is caused by deep insecurity mm-hmm. you know inflated ego is the result of somebody who is deeply 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 insecure mm-hmm. you know and because if you're secure like, you don't feel like you have to prove yourself yeah and you know it's not to say that when you deal with somebody who's run by ego, you have to, you know, be so understanding and that sort of thing. It's not that at all. It's just that even acknowledging it might help you not to react as much Mm -hmm. as you would. You know, it's not about, oh, you know, you need to be more understanding because this person went through a lot or they have this trauma and that trauma. It's not even that. It's just that if you're more understanding of why somebody's acting the way you are, I mm-hmm. guarantee you're not going to react as strongly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but who fucking knows? I, I, maybe I have no idea what I'm fucking talking about, but <laughs> we're all trying our best. <laughs> exactly. You know, did you find it? Were you looking for it or? Oh yeah. I, I was looking at the Google images. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have to look at it for some other time because I wouldn't be able to explain it very well right now. But it's, um, I was thinking of, I think it's the id, like ID, the mm-hmm. id, the ego, and the super ego, mm. um, whatever theory it is, where those are like the three parts of yourself. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. Who is self? What is self? You want to know what I think? <laughs> Yes, I, I took do. a um, philosophy course once for mm-hmm. like general ed and I actually really loved it. I loved my teacher mm-hmm. and in like, that a, sounds like a fun in, class. Huh? That sounds like a fun class. Yeah, it definitely was. And I enjoyed it also because for an intro to philosophy class, you don't really learn how to like come up with brand new topics it's more that you look at the really big questions philosophers have had for forever Mm -hmm. and one of them was what is you (laughs) what is you what is you like what am Mm -hmm. I what are you what what does that mean Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite arguments I heard was that 
I am the collection of my experiences. And I like it because I don't feel like the same person I was even a week ago. Mm -hmm. And I had a different collection of experiences a week ago. I also Mm -hmm. like it because I am so affected by things in my past. Not like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, I think about my past all the time. I mean, I I have mental illness. I kind of do. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) more that my personality and the beliefs I have and the way I go about the world is affected by the experiences I've had before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, like, hate when people, like with the whole concept of maybe like the inner child they're like oh god like you have a little kid inside of you like Mm -hmm. yeah you like you were once a little kid and you're still in that same consciousness Mm -hmm. that experienced that like you are affected by that and I like it because it includes like those past experiences and it was the like one of the most understandable arguments I heard about it But then there's also the whole concept of um, are we just like a physical self or is there like a second part to ourselves like a soul? That's what I believe. Yeah. Okay. You should read and anybody who's listening to this should read. um, I think it's the biggest secret. It's it's from it's the sequel to the book, The Secret, you know, about Mm -hmm. the power of the mind, that sort of thing. and it talks about how there is some sort of awareness in us, um, or it could be called the soul, mm-hmm. um, whatever you want to call it. And um, it really is, you know, our kind of way of observing things in the physical world. And it, the biggest point is like, yeah, we have our eyes to see, you know, that's a part of our physical body, but and then we have our brain that thinks and our mind that, you know, comes up with all these bogus thoughts all the time. <laughs> but what is it that allows us to see, you know, what is it that allows us to think? What is it about us that observes those thoughts? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's like, it's not like we're, when you're sitting there thinking about something, you acknowledge that it is a thought And if we were just our brains, we wouldn't be able to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least that's what I very much believe. That makes sense. I like Um, that way of looking at it. Like I know. Yeah. I think we're just in a physical body and that's just what it is for this Mm -hmm. lifetime. You sent me that article that I really, really fucking liked. Where Mm -hmm. part of it, like it was talking about, um, I don't know. How would you describe it? Becoming an observer of your thoughts. Yeah. And there was that one portion of it where it said, there's part of you that doesn't, like, you're not enjoying having these thoughts and Mm -hmm. you don't want to have them and therefore you're not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking Mm -hmm. of family trauma, I heard Mm -hmm. that noise so many times from all the women in our family. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Like every time someone sat down to eat at grandpa's house. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh my God. (laughs) Just a course of mm. Mm -hmm. mm, Wow, that's really good. It's mm -mm 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 -mm. that's good. (laughs) Or just like continuously like mm, mm, 
Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I don't feel like this podcast brought down my mood as much as I thought it was going to, to be honest. Um, you know, because I don't really like to talk about our family because it's so, you know, and as much as everybody has their own issues, I will say that even when my our family hates each other, um, there's never a time where if one of us was in trouble, everybody didn't come running. Yeah. You know? So there's one thing. We're all very loyal, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I mean, I'm feeling good about this, and I hope that, I mean, just even our own experiences have mm-hmm. maybe helped somebody listening. You know, you don't so. have to cut everybody off and hate them. Um, it does more harm to you than it does to anyone. Um, and maybe practice not being so reactive. Find therapy. <laughs> like, yes. you can't control someone if else's can, actions, yes. but you can completely learn more about yourself. and. Totally learn what actions you really want to do exactly well thank you for listening um you you heard it here first and that's the whiskey bitch it really do be the whiskey (laughs) bye (laughs) bye bye